0: Hello, this is Revel, and you are listening to Revelations, celebrating your potential. Yes, my guest today is author, certified living food chef, and Chopra Center educator, Dorit. Hi, Dorit. Hello, Revel. You thought I disappeared, huh?
1: Yes, I did. I
0: did. <laughs> yeah, I know it got really quiet <laughs> for me too.
2: <laughs>
1: anyway, how are you? I'm delighted feeling blessed to be in a body. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: are really hard to catch up to. You're just so busy.
1: Well, you know, I like to think of it as more a lot of abundance coming in. Yes. And, and needing a lot to be quite honest i need staff i need a, a a really big staff and it's it's getting to the point where i'm not able to manage it all by myself anymore
0: well i think that's good you know sometimes though when people get to that place they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because they can't afford a staff and then they get all you know crazed so how well, are you doing with that you get, can you get your staff and everything going
1: well it, it was it's it, I used to have, have a staff before, mm-hmm. and I actually found that um, I got more done by myself. Did you really? <laughs> Do you understand that? But um, now,
0: Sort of, but not really, yeah.
1: But now I'm at a place where I, I definitely need a staff because I, I have my teeth into too many things at once.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Plus, I, I really, really love the reaching out and having somebody else take over certain things once I started.
0: Isn't that fun?
1: Yes. Isn't it fun just
0: to be able to say, here, you do this?
1: If it's their passion. Yes. If they love doing it and just hand it over. Start something, and then if somebody really loves it, hand it over and let them fly with it.
0: Yeah. I was thinking that on the way down here, how I'm, I'm I'm not a great writer, and I don't really like writing, but I love to get up and speak. Oh. And I was thinking, maybe I should hire somebody to write for me, but the problem is they probably won't write it the way I feel it.
1: Well, why don't you speak it into a tape recorder?
0: That's exactly what I should do, huh?
1: And have them write it for you. Ah, oh, okay, I can do that. That's why they're ghost writers. <laughs> 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 I love that term.
0: Yeah, they're kind of ghostly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I write all the books myself, but I'm not, I'm not the one writing it. I might be doing the typing, but it's coming through me. So, it, you know, that, that's what really takes a long time.
0: Yeah, well, that's how it comes for me. It's just like I'll write some outline and stuff, and then I'll go and speak. But then, uh, like you say, it's all just downloaded, and it, it's great, and that's how I coach, and that's how I do everything. Anyway, let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have you here. Um, tell me something about your background. What was your childhood like? I, I want to find out how you got from where you were as, as a kid to where you are now.
1: Well, this much I do know that as a child, I loved, loved anything that was alive. I loved being in nature. I I think all children do. And I was once on a farm, and I I heard the most horrendous, horrendous noise. I'd never heard anything that was so mournful and so frightening. And I ran to the window, and I saw people chasing this cow. It was early morning, more like 4 o'clock. It was very dark, still, but enough light that I could see some outlines. And they had a rope, and they were trying to lasso the cow. And I woke everybody in the house up, and I said, "Listen, something horrible is going on. These people are tracing the cow, and they're doing harm to it. And they said, oh, go back to bed. They're just going to kill it. And I said, oh, that's <laughs> the pop. They're going to kill the cow? Do we really got to go rescue it? What did it do? What did it do? And they said, no, that's meat. They're killing it for meat. Well, I never liked meat. As almost every child I know yeah. doesn't like meat anyway. How old were you then? I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I never remember the, the ages. Okay. But I just have these memories that stand out.
2: hmm
1: And um, the next day I passed the butcher shop and I saw this huge thigh hung by a hook and the blood dripping. And I somehow connected it to the cow and the horrendous noise that I heard up until that moment revel. I had only thought cows were the most peaceful, beautiful creatures I'd ever seen. And so gentle, chewing away constantly, chewing their cud all the time and eating this grass. And I just thought they belonged there. I thought they were part of the scenery. I never imagined that a human being would run after them and kill them and that we could even eat them. And so I was astonished. I was shocked. I was traumatized. Mm Mm-hmm. I know, I know the
0: feeling. You know what your story sounds so much like mine. Oh, yeah! You know, when I was a kid, my my uncle had cows, and uh, he kept them at the neighbor's house across the way, and I would go over there and help him milk them. But then one of the one of the cows had a baby, and he basically told me it was mine, so although he fed it and everything, but I would go out there, and when they're babies, they'll take your hand in their mouth and suck on it. And it's just like this little sandpapery tongue, so the cow uh, the, the bull was about two years old, and all of a sudden it disappeared, and I came home from school and I said, "Where's my bull?" And that, that's exactly what they did. They, they, it was on our table within a week or so, and I said, "I'm not eating that. What did they say to you? They told me, that, they told me the truth that they were they were killing it for
1: food. Thank goodness they had the courage to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people don't. A lot of parents do not. tell the tell no. the truth. No,
0: which is why so many kids will grow up eating meat not knowing that it came from an animal that they could have loved. I don't understand 4-Hers who do that. You, you know that, who the 4-Hers are? Um, they, I believe
1: there's a club called the 4-Hers. Yeah,
0: that? and they grow sheep and they grow cattle and then they kill them. And I was like, how can you do that? How can you befriend this animal knowing it's going to die like that?
1: I have asked people this, and do you know the, what the response I got? Mm-mm. They're grown for that, they're reared for that. As if the animal knows and gives its consent to do it, as if that makes a difference.
0: Oh, it gives its consent. How do you know? That was nods its head and (laughs) said, that's
2: okay?
1: But that's what they're reared for. Yeah. It's very interesting to me. I mean, does it say that if somebody comes and murder you, we can say that's what you were reared for? (laughs) Right. And
0: And you gave your consent.
1: Yes, 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 exactly. Yes, so, so that, that I understand what you, what you were saying. So you never touched meat again?
0: Uh, I probably did. Yeah, I, I did. I, I, be, I didn't become vegetarian until probably 86. And, but I started looking at it in around 77 when I was just starting to realize that I was sick and you know, that I had all kinds of illnesses. And, you know, when you're 27 years old, you're going, why do I have all these illnesses? And so that changed, and I started looking at uh, food issues. But, you know, I mean, you can sometimes just put these things away and, and just ignore them. That's well, I could. You, I guess do. you didn't. Yeah, a lot of people do. We just ignore a lot of that stuff. So how how are your parents about that? Were they supportive that you didn't want to eat meat? Or,
1: Well, I, I personally did not need anybody to tell me whether I could eat it or not. I was a very strong child. And if I said I wasn't going to eat something, I wasn't going to eat it. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of that. So I pretty much lived my life the way I wanted to live my life. Well, good for and you. And today, and in fact, I think I was a stronger child than I was an adult. And yeah. <laughs> I was very, very strong in my convictions as a child, and I also knew what I wanted to do, what I did not wish to do. And I, I never had, there was no such thing as peer pressure. That's why I hear a lot here. Since I've been in the U.S., I hear a lot about peer pressure and how I wouldn't have done it had it not been, or he's a good child, but had it, he was just with the wrong crowd or the wrong people. And I don't understand that because mm-hmm. I never was one of somebody who was influenced by others. It was the opposite. I was influencing everyone else.
2: Oh. So I
1: never understood that, and I was always going my own path. And even if I were the only one I knew going my path, it was my path, and I did not let anybody step on it. So it had nothing to do with anybody else in my life but me. And I think that's what's important for us. You know, I think in the raw food movement, especially a lot of people are too needy Mm -hmm. and they want their families and their friends and their spouses to somehow give their okay to the part that they have chosen. Yep. They they want that permission. Yes. Thank you. To, to go that way, and I don't think that if you need somebody else's acceptance of your path, that maybe that's not your path. Then maybe you are going that way for a reason which is not authentically yours.
0: Well, that's a good point. Nobody said that to me yet.
1: I I question a lot of what's going on in the, in the raw food movement, as I question everything in life. Good. I, I see a lot of that. I, you know, I go a lot on tour because of the book, and um, now with the film festival, I've been really, 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 very, very, very aware that there are many different ways to be raw, and there are very many different reasons. Just as there are many different reasons that people come to a raw vegan diet, there are many ways of being raw, and that's why I really created the Raw Film Festival, is to show all the the huge parameters and the different choices when you go raw that there's no one way of being raw. Just Mm -hmm. like there's not one way of being a woman, there's just not one way of being a human being or one way of being a man.
0: So what, what are the various ways of being raw?
1: Well, you can either be a fruitarian or mainly fruitarian. You can be a sprouter. You can be somebody who really does, you know, blended meals only. Uh, in my book, I call it, in the book, I call it liquid meals. Mm-hmm. You, who, just mainly that. Or you can be somebody who's into just a lot of salads and greens and or somebody who who embraces everything a variety of a little fruit some greens some sea vegetables some land vegetables um varieties different colors there are people who eat just you know prefer to eat some cooked with it some people prefer to have 10% steamed there are different ways of being raw and embracing raw some people do eat grass and some people do not
0: all right we'll be back in a moment Hi, this is Revel, and we're back with Revelation: Celebrating Your Potential. You're listening to this program via iTunes. You can find out more about the show by going to celebratingyourpotential.com. My guest today, author, certified living foods chef and Chopra Center educator, Dorit. We were just talking about the various types of raw that's available. Dorit, what would you suggest people do if they're coming off a sad food program? you know, just standard American food program, do you suggest they go 100% immediately or transition or what?
1: It depends on the reason why they are doing it. If, if it's because of illness, they must transition. I think if, if, if not, the, just the purification mm-hmm. is going to be too strong and intense for them to keep up with. Uh, most people do not like to suffer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they do they you know they keep creating it unconsciously, though don't
1: they yeah, yes, yeah, which means they do like yes, to they do do like to suffer I didn't say nobody likes to suffer as I said most people do not like <laughs> to suffer so um for some people, if they're coming off of a, a, a illness that's been quite uh debilitating, then it needs to be gradual, and by illness, by the way, I mean somebody who has a lot of Candida parasites heavy metals mm-hmm. but are not aware of it a lot of people who think they're fat i cannot stand that word fat i don't think people are fat i think they're toxic yeah they they're just bloated up totally bloated up with toxicity to me that's an illness
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's a debilitating illness because they're not living their full life their life to the fullest capacity
2: exactly and
1: anybody who's tired after eating you're ill yeah it's an illness It's an illness if you're tired after eating, or if you feel listless or sick or you have a tummy ache or anything but feeling vibrancy that means you're ill
0: now a lot of people hear that and they're going to say, Well, how about food combining do you Do you do anything with that at all?
1: Some people must food combine that's another another way of being raw by the way mm-hmm. um at the beginning. Everybody needs to food combine I think, at the beginning, if, if they've been ill, mm-hmm. if they've been ill. And then once you become totally and completely off and authentically raw, it means you're not doing it for a fad, your body begins to give the signals what it needs and when and what combinations or not it needs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it becomes an authentic thing that you're not doing it because you're following some laws of food combining. I do not believe in living according to formulas. I think formulas are extremely important when people are starting out and wanting to change.
0: You think they are or they are not?
1: They are vital. They are. very important, yes. When people are wanting to change and the change is drastic, the formula will assist, and especially people who feel disempowered, they need formulas before they can get back into their power. You cannot just overnight be disempowered and then immediately be empowered on all phases of your life. We can do it in certain, in certain parts of our life, but not all at once. So for certain people at certain times at different phases, one needs formulas. I personally do not live <laughs> my life according to formulas. For me, that doesn't work. Some people can instantly go raw. For me, it wasn't going raw. It was going back to raw.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because in my childhood, I was very fortunate in having... I, didn't realize the food was called raw, that it was called fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. That's what I knew. A lot of them were picked straight from the tree. So for me, it was simply going back to my childhood, not getting away from or going to something new. I didn't know the term raw until I read David Wolfe's book and Victoria Butenko's raw family book. And Victoria Kovunaskis was a person who, his uh, survived into the 21st century, uh, somebody by the name of Jennifer at the Beverly Hills Juice Club in Los Angeles, where I'm present residing, she gave me a, a copy of his book, and that was when I first heard the term living foods.
0: Okay, and, uh, and we'll be back in a moment to uh, continue this conversation. Hi, this is revel we're back with revelations celebrating your potential for information on my seminars play shops and teleconferences please go to my website revelations.com that's with two v's and two l's there you can sign up for weekly revelations uh, contact me to purchase uh, to uh, purchase contact me to speak for your school or organization you can also purchase my books revolutionize your life in 30 days a self-empowering playbook and smoothies and smoothies for life my guest today author certified living food chef and Chopra Center educator derech you can contact Dorit through her website serenityspaces.org that's one word serenity spaces org Actually, it's two words put together. And her email is dorit, D-O-R-I-T, at serenityspaces.org. We were just talking off the air about um, options for people who are really sick. Do you want to talk
1: about those? Well, I think there are many different options. However, there are actual institutions that have come up from the raw food movement that people can go to, such as Optimum Health Institute in San Diego, Creative Health Institute up in Michigan. There is the Hippocrates um, in- the Health Institute in Palm Beach, Florida. There is Anne Wigmore's place down in Puerto Rico, and Brenda Cobb's place as well. I believe hers is in Atlanta. So there's a lots of places that people can actually go and reside. It's the residential places and be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I think um, Hippocrates actually the most pleasant one (laughs) for people who are not desperately ill or want to go with a loved one.
0: Okay. That's the one in Florida. That's in West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, I've heard that is, and I've met uh, Brian Clement down there, too.
1: It is really lovely. It's a lovely resort, and it's a great place to go for a holiday, and it's not just about raw foods. Oh, really? No. And what I really love about them is that they've got psychology, because I... I, one of the things that I stress in both in the books and especially when I teach the workshop that I teach is the sacred art of eating. And one of the things that I stress is that if you do not deal with the motions, you're not going to transition well or stay on a raw foods diet. And they also have, to have a psychologist there and stuff. So I really, really love that. Because, Revel, just think about it. If you go, you're asking me beforehand, um, if somebody goes from a traditional diet of The way that people are eating right now, which I cannot, I really swallow when I hear the word, when I say the word "eat," because we're not eating. We're shoveling, we're stuffing, we're pushing things in our mouths. We don't. We've lost the art of eating. We've forgotten how to eat. We've forgotten what food looks like, what food is. And those in the raw food movement who come in and embrace the lifestyle of the foods, I think it's very dangerous because if we haven't done the seed work. The foundational work mm-hmm. to embrace raw, we're going to end up having some really strong issues showing up in our lives and we won't know what to do with them. For example, if you find that you have been suppressing a lot of your emotions and then you turn to a raw food diet and you start eating raw, everything that you've suppressed will come up, will rise to the surface a thousand fold and be magnified. What do you do with it?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's
1: why you find so many angry people in the raw food community. They oh. don't know where to go with these feelings that are coming up. Yeah. And a lot of people say, I can't be raw, I was raw, and I, I had to stop. Mm-hmm. And, they get, and then they become very anti-raw.
0: There well, goes
1: the anger again. That
0: yeah, exactly. And the reason they are in the condition they're in, whether it's overweight or whether they've got some kind of dis-ease, it's exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yes, so we, we, we have to actually lay the foundation before you become raw on the diet. Before you start the diet, is do the work for the lifestyle.
0: Perfect, thank you.
1: And that's, what, that's the workshop that I teach, is how to do that. I have exercises that we teach people. And for example, you know, people look at the food because it's such high energy. It's such an amazingly high, high nutrient-dense food intake. What do you do when... The stuff that you have never dealt with suddenly arises with your family vis-a-vis you've been raw. You think it's because you're raw why suddenly you're having these problems with them. You, it wasn't sudden. You've, oh, that's why you're, you're so catering to them wanting to accept you and accept your new lifestyles because they've never accepted you before. It's only showing up as a raw diet vis-a-vis what they're doing. And that's why they're so belligerent with your diet. It has nothing to do with the diet. It is, that's the surface stuff. They're using it as an excuse for the, 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 the real underneath stuff that's underneath it all that has never been resolved.
0: So where where is your next uh, workshop, or do you do this online? How, how does this no,
1: work? no, not online. I do. I'm the next one is in Canada, mm-hmm. in Toronto. Okay. And um, one outside of Kingston, Ontario, and that will be in at the beginning of September. And I'm going to be doing in L.A. I'm going to be doing um, up when I return from the book tour in L.A.
0: Okay. Speaking of the book, what is the name?
1: Celebrating, <laughs> like yours, <laughs> celebrating our raw nature. Celebrating our
0: raw nature: a guide for transitioning to a plant-based living foods diet.
1: That's correct. And the new book, same title, but this one is not a transitioning; okay. it's an all raw. is due out from the publishers in the next few weeks.
0: Is that that's the same thing? Celebrating Our
2: raw yes, nature. Yes,
1: yes. All the books are, but just different versions of it. Oh, okay. The first one is transitioning. This one is an all-raw, and the next one, the third one, which is going to be Celebrating All Raw Nature, Recipes for Life, that goes into the emotional aspects.
0: Ah, and so the original one where you're transitioning, is that all raw foods, or do you have transition foods in there?
1: Transition foods in there.
0: Meaning some cooked or some...
1: Yes, and showing what's the best best ways to transition and the best foods to use for transitioning. Excellent. Yes, yes. Excellent. And, And also gives you guidelines how to do it. Because you can't just start with the food. You've got to shut your kitchen down first, <laughs> clean it out. It, it, you know, the period, you, you, there are certain things, steps that need to be done before you actually do the food intake. Because you cannot go into it and be the same person that you were before. In order to move into a different aspect and a place in your life, you have got to move away from the things that were holding you back before. Yeah, or I- the old habits.
0: And that, and that that could be people. It can be the, the different foods, and and that's one of the things I keep saying is if there's something you don't want to let go of, that's what's holding you back.
1: Excellent. Yes, it, it's also the way you have your kitchen arranged. Like get, you, you might need to get rid of the stove. Get rid of the cupboard or clean out the cupboard. But there needs to be a cleanse. There needs to be a purification going on before you even do the food.
0: So what happens if you've got a husband and children, say, say your wife, husband and children, or the husband and the wife and children, and they don't want to go along with this?
1: That's fine. They don't have to.
0: But you can't get rid of the
1: stove. <laughs> sure you can. You sure you can. If they're not, if they're the, if you're, if you're the one doing the cooking, you can. If they would like to take over the care of the stove and do the cooking, yes. But what you can do, if you would like every now and then to make food for them, you can get a slow cooker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can get a steamer. Mm-hmm. You can get a rice cooker for the grains. Okay. And that's what I say in, in the first book, in the transitioning book.
0: All right. So that that book again is celebrating our our. Raw Nature, A Guide for Transitioning to a Plant-Based Living Foods Diet. For those of you who are brand new and are considering this, this might be something you, you can get. Where can they get this? Can, um... They
1: can go online on the website, serenityspaces.org. Uh-huh. It's, oh, I know it's been sold at most of the raw food stores, and they're waiting for the new book right now, and they're, all some of them are waiting for new orders to come in. And also in some of the bookstores, like in L.A. at Bodhi Tree Bookstore in okay, New York. We, we can't
0: get it at Amazon yet.
1: No, 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 no. Simply well, because I travel too much. <laughs> I travel so much, and you know we have to we have to keep replacing the book very, too much too quickly. Amazon they expect you to have thousands of books.
2: Oh, they do be shipped
1: any time, and it's too costly the warehouse. It's a very expensive book because the book cover is very expensive.
2: Uh-huh. It,
1: it um it can be wiped off. It's meant to be used. This book, so you don't have to be afraid that you have coconut butter on your hands or, or olive oil and you touch the book, you just wipe it off. It's also a three-ring binder, Mm -hmm. and it opens up, and at the front there's an easel.
0: Okay, so you can just open it up and sit it up, and you can look at it without having to look down.
1: Yes, so it's it's open for you every day, so you can use it every day. It's created so that it's usable. So it's rather expensive, the way it was made, and it's meant to be used on a regular basis. And you have tabs so you can see where you're going, and you can easily find what you want. You don't have to run through it or look at the index or
0: anything. Well, having published my own book, I know that when you say expensive, with what you've got, I think it's thirty-nine ninety-five or something, yes, right? That, yes, yeah. that's correct. That is really, if 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 any of you out there have done your own book, I can tell you, just doing the books is expensive. If you've got four-color pages at all, you know, for your recipes. It is expensive. You've got a good cover. You've got an easel that's totally different than when anybody else, you know, that's, that's an unusual thing. So it sounds expensive, thirty nine ninety five. but it's something you're going to keep for a long, long time and help you become a better person and better health, and you can bring your family into it slowly.
1: Also, people, it, uh, I find it has become a collector's item. Oh, people I want
0: one Okay, you got to send me one when you get the yes. next. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely. Okay. People absolutely love it. Both for the recipes in there, because my recipes are very different. Okay. Very different for most of the raw food recipes. And also, because I also lived in many different countries. For example, I lived in France. Mm-hmm. So I use a lot of the herbs that the French use. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very, 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 very different.
0: Now, where are you from originally?
1: Well, I'm from God. <laughs> <laughs> so well, beyond that, on this earth. <laughs> I've lived in many countries, many, many countries, in quite a few countries, and so a little bit of me in, in the book, in the book comes from each country. I think the only thing that, it, the only country that has not added anything to the book is Ireland. I used to live in Ireland, and I don't think I have anything mm-hmm. from Ireland that is in the book, but everything else.
0: So, so is your accent. Your accent is a combination of all the countries you lived in.
1: I've lived in in quite a few and different ones. <laughs> She's not in trouble. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I really believe that we're only from one place, and and, and the belief that we're from here mm-hmm. creates a lot of our misery.
2: Okay.
1: A lot of it. I believe that believing that there, are, I don't even believe that there are countries, and that you have to have visas, and, and, then, and then we can say my country is better than yours.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It, I, it, I go it, along with that now that you're saying. It's it. a
1: bleeding ground an awful lot of misery, and, and then we can get wars and have wars and, and and try to invade you and make you more like us. And <laughs> but you see that even
0: on raw foods, you know, in the raw food forums. You see the same thing. Like, you, you yes. should be like me. You should do it the way I do it. This is the yes. only way there is.
1: Yes, and that's why I created the, the Raw and Festival to show there are many different ways of being raw, and it, what will work for you to, today might not work for you next time. So this winter... You might be able to, to, you know, follow a different kind of a raw food. And then the next, time, next, next winter you'll find, oh, that worked for me last winter, but it's not working for me this time. Like, for example, this winter you might want to use a lot of maca.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: you, but then next, next year you'll find next winter you cannot use maca anymore. Mm-hmm. Although it, it, it got you through the whole winter and it kept you raw and it was great, but you're not able to anymore. And, and, and then sometimes your body will need supplementation and then sometimes not at all. So for somebody to say, totally against supplements, don't use them, it's not taking into account that maybe that's okay for you, but that's not right for somebody else No, at the time and place. Now, when you
0: say supplements, are you talking like vitamins and minerals? or? Yes, mean, yes. Yes, really?
1: Yes. Absolutely. You know, our food source uh, is very depleted. The soil is depleted. Mm-hmm. Food is not what it used to be. When you buy a tomato now, it's not what it used to be before. You don't have all the vitamin C. There's very little vitamin C in most tomatoes, even on an organic farm right now, because the soil is so depleted.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So most people in a raw food diet, they're eating what's available as the optimum diet. But are they getting all the nutrients? No, because most of the nutrients are no longer there. Yeah. That's why in the book, I use E3 Live in the recipes.
0: Yeah, I see that, I see that, but that looks to me like the only supplement I've seen that you sell on your site, whereas a lot of um, a lot of uh, raw food teachers tend to, tend to sell a lot of various supplements, and it's kind of confusing to people. No, I,
1: I don't even sell sell E3 Live. I just have it there as a link, yes. a resource guide from the book, where to get it. I don't sell these things at all. Gotcha. I just have a link that goes straight to the source, and people can buy them straight from there. What I do have when I link to people is I try, if it's in the book, to get a discount for people so so they can try it at, at a better price i negotiate with the people and i say i'm putting a link to your site because i've got this in the book can you please give a discount for the when they buy it the first time so that they can just try it for themselves first
0: all right we'll be back in a moment this is revel we're back with Revelation, celebrating your potential to listen to my other shows go to revel.com that's R E two B's and two L's (laughs) revel.com I've got a show on there with Alyssa Cohen called rockin radio it's kind of fun we get to dance and sing and do silly things and uh, she's my bud and today my uh, guest is Dorit who is an author certified living food chef and chopra center educator and you've got things coming up we've only got a few minutes so let's talk about what's going on you said something about a raw food festival earlier let's uh, let's yeah there's
1: a, yeah i created this year i started the raw film festival it's a raw lifestyle film festival
0: raw film festival okay
1: so you get a plethora of all the different ways that people have experienced raw i would like to say rawness and all the different ways in which you know they have also experimented with it and the results that they've had, it shows all that. Plus there's an auxiliary segment which shows different ways of being in the world and how to support a raw diet because, of course, as I said before, you can't just go on the raw diet. You've got to deal with all the other issues of your life too and you have to clean up your life just as you're cleaning up your body.
2: Sure.
1: And so that, that, that is really the, the whole point of the film festival. Now, this year I actually financed it myself and took out a loan and now the loan has to be paid back so next year i'm not going that route i had intended for the festival to be every four years but people loved it so much both the filmmakers and the audience that i've been asked to do it every year so as a result of that i'm doing a fundraiser for it and we have a fundraiser coming up on the 29th of july we'll be be showing one of the films and some of the excerpts trailers of some of the other films and we're going to be having a lot of prizes and silent auctions and gifts and whatnot. And that's going to be a Taste of the Goddess Cafe in Los Angeles um, near the Fairfax area, Miracle Mile area. And Taste of the Goddess is a raw restaurant. I don't know if you know about it. It's, I do. I've been there. It's co-owned. Oh, great. Sure. It's co-owned by Forrest Whitaker and and Wenikai. Co-
0: oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yes. And so um, they're having their third anniversary party on the 29th. So we're doing a joint event together.
0: I guess we're supposed to go there then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's from 1 to 6 o'clock. And, revel. here's the thing, because I believe that when you're raw, you need to really, really be careful about just the food and incorporate all of yourself and, and totally change all your old patterns. What I'm doing is having some people from the Japanese Healing Center MOA there. They're going to do a traditional Jap- uh, modified traditional Japanese tea ceremony. They're also going to be doing flower arrangement and a healing, hands-off healing technique called Joray. We're going to oh, be yeah. having music. We're going to be having readings by Rumi, sacred music, games, lots of fun.
0: I'm just coming for the Joray.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've experienced
0: that, and, and uh, uh, it's, it's great stuff.
1: You've experienced a lot of things. I have. I've, I've been around a while. Yes, but not just that, but you're open.
2: Well,
0: honey, I have to be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Most people think we don't.
0: <laughs> no, you do. If you, if you, wanna make, if you really want to do something with your life, you want to make changes, you've got to be open to learning these things, because if you don't, you're just going to stagnate.
1: That is why I'm so against the, the, the phrase, everything in moderation. Oh, my I'm,
0: God, yeah, we <laughs> just had a big thing about that on um, a board I'm on, and uh, people said something like that, and I'm like, are you kidding me?
1: We didn't come here to live lives of moderation. We came here to live a life of excellence at our fullest potential, to live our fullest potential. Anything less, anything less is death. And anything less is, cr- is criminal and a theft of our right to be here.
2: Exactly.
1: It, it's abusing the privilege of being in a human body, having a f- human experience in this physical dimension.
0: So when and where is the festival going to be?
1: The Raw Fun Festival is going to be the 21st to the 23rd of March in Los Angeles, California, and it's a three-day event.
0: So you're having this one
1: uh, the fundraiser. fundraiser. Are you mean, I'm have on more? the 29th of July, and then the second fundraiser is in Costa Mesa at 118 degrees. It's a new Raw restaurant there, and that's on Sunday, the 21st of October.
0: Perfect. Dorit, how can we uh, contact you?
1: Uh, SerenitySpaces.org on the website or phone number 310. Eight five four two zero
0: seven eight. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the twenty ninth. Lovely. Yes. It's delightful that you're coming. I'm so glad. Oh, well, thank you, and thank you for taking your time to be with us today. Hold on for a moment. Next week, my guest will be business expert Diane Grubin. Gubin. Gruben, excuse me. Be sure to listen in. If you would like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at. Revel, that's R-E, two Vs as a victory, E-L-L, at celebratingyourpotential.com. That's Revel with two Vs and two Ls. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity Sang. remember, revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now.